everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we turn our all-seeing eye to the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host Andrew and as usual I'm joined by my co-host Mick. I am Groot. Oh no, not again. (laughs) I am Groot. Yes, I know it was a hilarious bit last time, but we can't do it for two Guardians of the Galaxy episodes. I am Groot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is a family-friendly show, Mick. I am Groot. (laughs) That's better. Anyway, on the subject of apologies. (laughs) Before we start today's episode, I do have a slight amendment to make to last time's. So I am Groot. Yes, yes, I know we all remember how insightful and entertaining my big long rant about golden apples not being in Greek mythology I am was. Groot. Mildly entertaining. I am Groot. Fine, overly long and tedious. <laughs> but also, as it turns out, factually inaccurate. <laughs> and and it... people come to us. You know, for for solid facts. You know, when Wikipedia fails them, they come to us for arcane and sage knowledge on all things comicdom. Yeah, but in a lot of ways, apart from the fact that I was wrong, I was right. Like, once you remove the, the kind of awkward factual inaccuracy bit. Right. Everything else you said was perfectly correct. Exactly. As I recall, the gist of your statement was that what really annoyed you was the mix of mythologies and there are no golden apples in Greek mythology. So, if you're now telling us that there are golden apples in Greek mythology, that means that all that's left that's valid from your rant is the fact that you were made angry. Yes, and I and I think the spirit of my point still stands. Thanks, Banner. <laughs> Look, I'm just I'm practicing for my career in politics. <laughs> but yes, I, I completely forgot that there's a whole thing where like one of Hercules' labors is that he had to go steal the apples. And by Hercules, I actually mean Heracles, because that's his Greek name. Yes. See, sometimes I get things right. <laughs> anyway, that's. I mean, I guess you know, golden apples are growing a tree. Groot is a tree. It's all connected. Yes, yes, it is. Kind Which is, of. yeah, kind of, sort of. Anyway, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three this time. Yes, yes, we are. Which is the. 2023 MCU film written and directed by James Gunn and based on the Marvel themed Guardians of the Galaxy and I think I mentioned this on the last episode we did about them that the team itself was created by Arnold Drake, Roy Thomas and Stan Lee but the version the films are more based on was kind of a rebooted team by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning Unless of course it turns out that that's factually inaccurate which we'll let you know on the next episode 
Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, we're a podcast that encourages our listeners to do their own research. We don't talk down to our listeners. We know that they're smart and intelligent and, you know, capable of going out and finding out things for themselves. Do you know what I like about you? It's the naivety with which you assume that listenership is plural. Yeah, sorry. Our listener singular. <laughs> well, no, no, hold on, hold We've got our listener, and then we've also got me who listens back when he's editing the show. See, that's two. Now that, that is a technicality. It is very much a technicality. Anyway, Mick, how familiar are you with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, well... I've now seen all three movies and the holiday special, and I've read a few comics. But all, uh, and I've seen a few episodes of the animated series as well, but they've all very much been this incarnation of um, the Guardians team. Yes, and I think that's probably true for a lot of people, because the Guardians of the Galaxy, they, well, I mean, that was like, you know, the big whole joke when the first film came out is, you know, who are these people? Yeah. And also, again, always worth pointing out, we got a film about a talking tree and his raccoon friend before Wonder Woman got a film. Yes. And I'm okay with that, because I like the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it's only just before, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, oh, just no, three, by kind of... No, uh, no, three years before, wasn't it? first film. Oh yeah, because the first one was like 2012, wasn't it? 14. You're really letting it slip on I the really fact, are you? <laughs> You're rubbish. I, I just... I might end up firing you this week. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> I was looking at the synopsis, I'm not sure I trust it anymore. <laughs> I'm not even sure you're called Andrew. Maybe I'm not. Maybe you are Groot. Maybe. Did I? Have I even turned my microphone on? Tell me what. Oh, no. I don't, I don't think the laptop's even on. I think this is all in my head. That's a worry. If you're living in a world where Behold only exists within your head, you, I, I'm not entirely sure that there are psychotropic drugs to to help you. No, I think I might just have to lean into it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I've read a bit of the Guardians of the Galaxy comics, but I'm again I'm much more familiar with this version from the films, and it's a version I like a lot. I would say, certainly before this film came out, probably Guardians one and two, up there. Possibly even my favourite MCU films. Well, I I like them because they're always a kind of break away from whatever's going on in that particular phase. And we've mentioned in a, a couple of recent episodes where phase four and five have been a bit eh, <laughs> in terms of where one starts and one finishes. Yeah, yeah, it's been very much the problem with things like Multiverse of Madness and Quantum Mania. Where just those films so much like feel like a here's a bunch of stuff. Some of it's maybe going to be important later. Maybe not. Yeah. 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 
Um, and I think that's partly because it got diluted with the TV stuff, which seems to be less of an issue now because they just keep pushing them back and back and back and back. Yeah, exactly. Don't have to worry about watching TV shows if they never come out. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, the, the Guardians films have always sort of just sat there telling the Guardians story the only time they've really overlapped with main phase events has been kind of, well, obviously the mentions of Thanos for, for the Infinity Saga um, tied them into the main narrative of phase, phases one through three. But apart from that, it's only been when they've made cameos in like Infinity War and Endgame that there's kind of been that merger with the main narrative. Yeah, feels like it's kind of been more of a, a clean crossover than other things. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Also, I realise we've not actually done two or the holiday special on the show yet. Have we not? No, we've only done the first one, which I was sure we'd done volume two as well, but apparently not. Well, well, we'll have to address that at some point in the future. I'm, I'm sure we will. It's. I feel like that's the MCU special now because the same thing happened for Ant Man. <laughs> oh, did we do Ant Man Quantumania and not Ant Man and the Wasp? Yep. <laughs> so, so that's what we'll do. We'll we'll do a special sequels episode. Are you going to check back and see if we did Iron Man and Iron Man Three? <laughs> Maybe we should, maybe just for the rest of the year, we'll do all the first and third films. <laughs> and then as the Christmas bonus, we'll do all the second ones second that we missed. Ones. <laughs> also, that might be the best way to do it, because then Thor the Dark World is just, like, quickly smushed in. Oh, you just reminded me that that exists. Well, to be fair, you reminded me that Iron Man 2 exists. Yeah, but it's not Thor the Dark World, is it? That's very true, it's not. I mean, at least it still has some giggly bits. Thor the Dark World probably has something in it. The only bit of humour I can remember from Thor the Dark World was me looking at the screen and going, <laughs> Christopher Eccleston's an elf! <laughs> he, he is, and he's furious about being an elf. <laughs> Anyway, shall we get on with a synopsis for Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Go ahead. So, and, I mean, double heads up, because first of all, the usual spoilers. And to be honest, this isn't going to make much sense if you've not seen the first two films. No, that's true. It's very true. And also maybe Infinity War and Endgame... Yes, definitely. Well, certainly Endgame. In... Wait, no, Infinity. I should have already said spoilers. Which, which one did Gamora die in? Endgame. 
No, that was Infinity War, wasn't it? Because, yeah, because Thanos killed her to get the stone to do the snap. Oh, yeah. And then she comes back, but sort of not really in Endgame. Yes. It's hard, because in a lot of ways, that's just one film. It's four years since Endgame. No, it's... Don't say things like that, Mick. It happened like a month ago. No, it happened a month ago plus COVID. God, yeah, we've we've had a whole pandemic since Endgame. Yeah. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes. So, the Guardians are hanging out on the space station nowhere when they're attacked by Adam Warlock, played by Will Poulter, a genetically engineered Superman created by the Sovereign from the second film. But enough about Will Poulter. (laughs) So, during the fight, Rocket, voiced by Bradley Cooper, is blasted and critically injured. The team's leader, Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, a.k.a. Chris Pratt, tries to apply a med pack, only to discover that Rocket's DNA contains a kill switch that will activate if they try to treat him. Nebula, played by Karen Gillan, is able to track the passcode for the kill switch to Orgocorp. With Rocket only having 48 hours to live, the Guardians, also including Mantis, Pom, Pom Clementif, Drax, Dave Bautista, and Groot, Vin Diesel, plan a heist to break into Orgocorp and steal the access code. However, to get it, they require the help of Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, who was a Guardian and then came back, but she was from the past, so she never actually joined the Guardians. So, meanwhile, while in a coma, Rocket flashes back to his past. We learn that he was an ordinary raccoon until he was experimented on by the High Evolutionary, uh, played by Chukwudi Awuji, as part of his attempts to create a perfect society. Rocket was able to escape, but in the process, the other experiments who he was friends with were all killed. Back in the present, the Guardians are able to steal Rocket's file from Orgocorp, but find that the access code has been removed by one of the High Evolutionary's flunkies. Uh, They track the High Evolutionary to Counter-Earth, a planet he has created as a perfect replica of Earth, inhabited by his Animen. However, Counter-Earth is affected by the same kind of bigotry and hatred as Earth, and so the High Evolutionary decides his experiment is a failure and blows up the whole planet. Peter and Groot are able to grab the passcode, escape the explosion, and save Rocket. But Nebula, Mantis, and Drax are captured on board the High Evolutionary ship and thrown into cells with his new society of Star Children. With the help of Nowhere, the remaining Guardians attack the High Evolutionary ship just as the others escape. Rocket confronts and defeats the High Evolutionary, and the team save all the children and animals on the ship. Groot also saves Adam Warlock, who in turn rescues Peter from freezing to death in space for, I think, the third Guardians film in a row. <laughs> so, with the fight over, most of the Guardians go their separate ways. Peter returns to Earth to visit his grandfather. Nebula and Drax help raise the Star Children. Gamora rejoins the Ravagers. And Mantis decides to explore the galaxy. Uh, Rocket and Groot then form a new team of Guardians with Adam Warlock, Kraglin, played by Sean Gunn, 
Cosmo the Space Dog, played by Maria Bakalova, and Phyla, played by Kaizen, who is one of the star children. And also everybody does a big dance. Yeah, I now I think you've got some of the, the characters wrong there. Um because I think you'll find that because this is a James Gunn film now, um actually uh Rocket is experimented on by Mern from the Suicide uh, from the Peacemaker series and um Sovereign is aided and abetted by um, Harcourt from the same series. Yep, and Ratcatcher. Yes. And also Captain Mal Reynolds. Yes. There's a lot of well-known faces in this, isn't there? Indeed, certainly well-known faces if you watch James Gunn stuff. Yes. Because he... It's one of those things I feel like for other people it can come across as a bit nepotism-y. But I do kind of like the James Gunn just has this little like, gang of friends that he keeps casting and everything. Yeah. Because I always find it's like and I, I, never I, too egregious, I would say. Well, I mean certainly with because um, Harcourt is um Played by, um, is it Jennifer Holland? Yes, Jennifer Holland, who is now James Gunn's wife. Yeah, so you know, potentially, she she could on that nepo sort of theme, she could have had a major, major, major role. But it's not like she's a huge. Um, supporting character it's not like she's one of the bad guys lieutenants or something she she's got a sizable but not hugely important role yeah i mean it's not like the paul ws anderson resident evil films where kind of the entire plot <laughs> of the game is thrown out to go look at my sexy wife mila jovovich yeah because yes no. it's usually just he'll put people in like just nice little roles that's go. Oh, I don't recognise that person. Oh, King Shark is in this as well. Sylvester Stallone. Yes, yes, indeed. In a slightly more recognisable um, guise, it has to be said. Yeah. Looks Although, more like Judge Dredd in this. <laughs> he does look quite Judge Dreddy, doesn't he? <laughs> Also, more like Judge Dredd than he did in his Judge Dredd movie. Also, I'm I'm going to spoil the fact that I liked this film, but I would have liked it a thousand times more if Sylvester Stallone had just like strode onto the ship, walked right up to Peter Quill and just gone, and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think that summed up the plot quite nicely. Yeah, thanks. It was one of those ones where I started writing it and I thought, oh, actually, you know, I feel like not that much happens in this film, so it's going to be quite easy to sum up. And then I get into it like, oh, no, but then that happens, and then also that happens, and then there's all that stuff. Yeah. Now, the other thing, for those of our listeners who haven't been to see it yet, 
and who dearly love one or more of the characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy and who are of a sensitive disposition don't see it you'll end up a wreck I know I was I've seen this <laughs> twice Mick and I was emotionally ruined both times <laughs> It's a fun movie, but it nearly broke me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie in which also a group of very adorable animals get mercilessly gunned down. Yeah. <laughs> and also a whole planet of animal people just explodes. Yeah, it, oh man. <laughs> and it drops the, mouth, the MCU's first F-bomb. It does indeed. Oh, there's a lot in it. I've got a problem, though. I've got a plot point issue, and it might be just my failing memory. Oh, but... well, I, I, bear in mind you're asking me to help you out here. And right. obviously we've established my track records, taking a bit of a beating. But the, um, the bit where Star-Lord's life is... In danger, immediate danger, right? In a in a scene very uh, reminiscent of um, the first Guardians movie where he saves Gamora's life, right? Why didn't he have his helmet? Right. Yes, that is the thing, isn't it? Is where did Star Lord's helmet go? Because he not just me then. Yeah, because it's not, like, he doesn't wear it at any point in the film. No. And I think, because I think I've seen it online, that it was actually a bit of a plot issue from Infinity War, in that he was supposed to have lost the helmet in Guardians 2, because I think Ego crushes it. But then he's just got it back in Infinity War, because they didn't quite realise the timelines and then also maybe I, I don't know he left it at home but yeah well, it's, it's just gone yeah but that was an emotional roller coaster that I could have done without and yeah, I wouldn't cause... have had to have it if it even just gone beep I know because you did there was almost a bit of a Oh, it's you know, it's the end of the kind of franchise. Are right. they going to kill off Star Lord? I, I did wonder, are they going to go for this big? Because there's been all these news stories about Dave Batista saying he's he's done with Drax, and Zoe Saldana saying it's time for someone else to to imagine Gamora and stuff like that. Uh, is that it? Are yeah. they going out? <laughs> are they just killing off that incarnation of the Guardians? Well, yeah, and especially because I think I saw a few comments going into this that, oh, there's a surprising amount of death in this film. Yeah. Which there is. There is. Just yeah. not of, like, the Central Guardians. Cosmo's a good dog, though, isn't she? She is a good dog, no matter what Cracklin says. <laughs> Which I did, I did just love that whole, like... Back and forth, like when they're playing the cards, it's like, yeah. even Soviets not call me bad dog. 
And uh, it's the fact that it gets thrown in at such key junctions <laughs> and then thrown away as well, like when they just show the poker game going on. Yeah, it's, it's just... <laughs> I know it's like it because I think a lot of this film is quite heavy. It's why it's so good to just kind of have yeah. that little cutaway to something nice and funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh... It's a big film. It is. And I think, I think to the film's credit, that I know the MCU has been criticised a lot for in the past... I think this does do a very good job of like the emotional moments are very emotional and then the yes. comedy moments are funny, but like it never feels like it's kind of stepping on the toes of the emotional stuff. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, I felt though that having had the build up during Guardians Volume 2 if this film had one flaw, apart from the needless tugging at the heartstrings, listeners, it plays you like a harp. Um, or like some kind of double bass guitar. Yes. Um, I thought Adam Warlock was woeful as a plot point. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't... He's almost a MacGuffin. Yeah, and I will say, I really like Will Poulter. I think he's very funny, yeah. but just... He doesn't really do much, does he? No. He's he's like... Yeah, he, he is very much a sort of human MacGuffin, isn't he? He's, he's like sort of there to just add another layer of complexity to the problem that the Guardians are facing. Yeah, and I think maybe what makes it worse is the fact that he shows up right at the start. Yes. So he feels like, oh, he's going to be an important part of this film. Yeah. And then he gets sidelined basically for the rest of it until he saves Peter at the end. Yeah. So that's that's my big gripe with it. That and Star Lord's helmet. Yeah. But I mean, I think both of those are very forgivable. Mm hmm. Um, so there's some nice cameos as well from other persons that have been in the franchise previously. Indeed, yeah. You get all sorts. You get the little alien jewel dealer guy from the first film. Yeah. Yeah, you get. Well, I mean, you get all the. Well, I was going to say all the. Not all the ravages. You get most of the ravages back. Most of the ravages back. Some uh, of whom are voiced by other people than they were before. That's right. Uh, Pete's grandpa. Oh, yes. And of course, Pete's daddy. Oh, yeah, his, his real dad. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is very self. Yes, which got, yeah, talk about tugging at the heartstrings up. I wasn't ready for just a nice little Yondu cameo. 
yeah, so it's... Um... Yeah. Although that being said with Yondu, the amount of time Michael Rooker must have spent in makeup just yeah. to like, <laughs> show up, kind of like point at his heart and then disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Probably only did it for the money. Oh, it's, you know, Mercenary Rooker, that's what they call him. Only in it for the paycheck. <laughs> he was in Suicide Squad for longer. He was indeed. <laughs> Although at least his head didn't explode in this one. That's true, that's true. Although I guess actual Yondu's head might have exploded in two. Yeah. You know, once it all froze in space. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's there's a nice image for you listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Except the bits that I didn't like. But maybe the bits you didn't like was because they made you sad. Yeah. <laughs> so Gabby's film was supposed to feel sad. Yeah, I just wanted fun space times and banging tunes. That's it, that's it. Which, um, I mean, to at least it does deliver on the tunes. Yeah, it does, it does. And brings them nicely full circle as well. Yeah, because we close out on Red Bones, come and get your love, just as we started yeah. one with. Yeah. Um. Let's see, what else is good? Well, I think we have Jack, to point... Jackson Mantis's interplay between each other is good. Yes, they're very good. Because I know I think they didn't do that much in two, and then they kind of got a lot more focus on the the holiday special. Yeah. And it feels like a lot of that's carried through into this as well. Yeah. Um... yeah. I think, in general, this film does a good job of like giving all the Guardians kind of their own little moments to shine. Yeah, there's there's some nice little interplay between Peter and Nebula, uh, which again builds on something that cropped up in the holiday special. Yeah, kind of a bit of a weird sort of love triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of a thing that, like, it's a love triangle, but one or more of the participants doesn't really want to be involved in. <laughs> um, and. The Gamora storyline. I think it kind of works. Yeah. I mean, I quite like that it does kind of end with her saying, you know, I'm not the Gamora you and we're probably not going to get back together. Just because otherwise I feel like it would feel like, oh, she died in Infinity War, but it doesn't really matter. And at least this yeah. way, like there is the some death. impact. Yeah. Yeah, the death still has him impact, yeah. But also it don't slam the door closed on that either. So, you know. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's there, it's open for the future. Yeah. But at least it's it, it means that there's a possibility for standalone movies featuring some of the characters maybe in the future. Yeah. Well Or maybe there's... solo series or something. Yeah, well I know obviously the end of the film at least said Star Lord will return. Yes. So I assume he's going to be doing some on-earth type stuff. Yeah. Now, I was quizzed by a regular listener of ours. 
You mean um, the regular listener? The the regular listener um, about um, what happens in Guardians of the Galaxy three, and um, I just want to clarify that prior to doing this spoiler filled podcast, I gave nothing away when when I was quizzed directly about the fates of some characters. I answered, Peter Quill still exists in our galaxy. I, I mean, technically he doesn't exist in our galaxy because he's a fictional character. Well, in the gal- galaxy of which he was a guardian. Yes, he is certainly st- still a person who resides in that galaxy. Aha! You see, I didn't go that specific. Oh, oh, even... I just said existed. No getting past that poker face. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, let's face it, even if he'd met his grisly end in that space incident, you know, the molecules that made up Peter Quill would still exist. Oh, very Dr. Manhattan. Based on the very conservation of matter theory. Right, you're going to go, like, draw a hydrogen symbol in your head and live on Mars now? What do you mean now? That's what the red tint is. <laughs> but yeah, it will it be interesting. It is 2023. I am recording a Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> podcast with Andrew. It is 2017. I am recording a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast with Andrew. It is 2014. I am recording a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast with Andrew. Yeah, it is 2020 question mark. I'm recording a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast with Andrew. Because yeah, it would be interesting to see what they do do with the Guardians going forward. It is. And it's amusing that you said do-do. It is, isn't it? Speaking of kind of related, I mean, we have to give the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 5 out of 5 for the simple fact that it features a song from, I was going to say show favourites, but I don't think either of us actually like the band that much. But they've got a song from The The in there. They have. So we've mentioned them on the podcast again. Yes. The The. Um, now the thing is, the, the, although I'm not a huge fan, and I, I, I'm briefly aware of them being on the fringes of what well, well, I say them, him being on the fringes of the music mainstream music scene um, when I was a teenager. Um, kudos because Johnny Marr uh, performed with the, the for a period after the Smiths, so you know. Well, that's fair he was to them then. Yeah. So. But yeah, so something I found interesting about this film is, like, there did seem something very comic booky, just in the way that kind of... What, in a Marvel movie? I know, shocking. But no, I I just mean (laughs) in the structure of, like, how, obviously, this is the end of the story. Yeah. But it's the end in a very specific way that another writer can now come on board and just do their kind of run. Take. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
And that's it. You know, the, there's enough recognisable characters kicking around on nowhere now um, where presumably nebula-led Guardians of the Galaxy 2.0 uh, could feature people like Howard the Duck, Cosmo, um, Martin X, is it? Yeah, well, the, the team as of now is Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Adam Warlock, Kraglin, Cosmo, and Filer. Mm -hmm. So I'll be interested to see, like, does that stay the team going forward? Or is there some, like, switching in and out? Yeah. Obviously, like, because Kraglin is Sean Gunn, who is in a lot of James Gunn stuff. Does he come back? Yeah, that's you know it's not a coincidence. The last name's the same. Yeah, and he's also he's also Rocket. Let's not forget. So you know. Yes, actually, yeah, I think this is the first film where he has been both the body and voice of Rocket, because he voices Rocket when he's like a very young child. Right. Okay. Also, and I may have got this wrong, but hasn't Lila the Otters origin kind of or, or not origin so much but um, destiny altered from the comics because I've got a feeling that she broke Rocket's heart in the comics and they were kind of a Bonnie and Clyde type pair yeah because there was definitely a run where she where it was like it was all done in a noir detective style and she was like the femme fatale yeah but yeah it was of course in this, she's just Rocket's friend, who then dies, but then comes back to life and marries Hawkeye. Right. <laughs> Which I should explain, she's voiced by Linda Cardinelli, who also plays Hawkeye's wife. Um, who did the voice of Toofs? I meant to look it up. Oh, Toofs, it's, uh, what's his name? Oh, He's... Thingy. Asim Chowdhury, that's his name. Right. He's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's one of those guys, probably, if you don't know the name, if you see a picture of him, he's quite yeah. recognisable as one of, oh, he's that guy. He's in things yeah. like uh, people just do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also on a series of Taskmaster. He was, yes. Yes, I remember now. Um, and the rabbit, that was a weird thing. It was like a spider rabbit. It was like an iron spider rabbit. Yeah, Floor the rabbit was like big spider legs and like a Hannibal Lecter mask on. Yeah. Which, let's find out who she's voiced by. Uh, she is voiced by Michaela Hoover. Never heard of her. But I'm sure she's got a vast range of cleaning products that she can sell. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's why she we've like not heard of her. Because why does she need to be in a lot of things when she's got all that sweet Hoover money? Exactly. She could clean up with that. Ha! 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 Oh, uh... oh. Also, just as another tidbit. Yeah. Uh, the big mechanical pig monster that Gamora fights. Yes. She also died, but then came back to life, married Ant-Man, but then they got divorced. Right. She's by Judy Greer. 
Right. Which I just absolutely did not recognise because she's got all a, a roboty voice. Who is is uh, and and she's also in Archer. She is indeed. Just whatever you do, don't say that you're her supervisor. <laughs> it, it is weird seeing Judy Greer and things and just like remember she's just absolutely unhinged in Archer. <laughs> oh yeah, because everybody else in Archer is so sane. Lana's almost no, she isn't, is she? No. Right, so. Indeed, I I think we've established that Guardians of the Galaxy 3, good. Yes, and uh, the, the end credits are quite nice because they're a nice little trip through the entire trilogy. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was nice seeing all the old moments again. I also really yeah. liked just the idea that probably some of the, well, at least some of the people watching the film won't have seen the holiday special. I would yeah. just be absolutely bemused by, like, the photograph of Kevin Bacon jumping out yeah. of the Christmas <laughs> presents. Um, and the stand uh, and the, the, the cut scenes at, at the end um, are relevant and, you know, make sense. They're not, they don't feel like they're just pitches for the next one. Yeah, like I think the the bit with the new Guardians team that works very nicely as an epilogue. Yeah, and then it's just it's a fun joke at the end of just the legendary Star Lord will return. And it's just yeah. sort of eating a bowl of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> there you so, yeah. go. Actually, speaking of the new Guardians team, very surprised that they put the character Filer in there because she's. She's one of those ones where just I've always assumed I don't know how you like work her into a film because she's got a very wibbly wobbly origin. Well, that's the beauty about characters with wibbly wobbly origins. You can just cement them in the MCU, can't you? Yeah. And I guess kind of what if it's just they've taken the very fundamental bit of her, which is She's like genetically engineered to be sort of a perfect super being and just cut out the bit where she's like also like made from the DNA of Captain Marvel, but not that Captain Marvel. No, not that Captain Marvel in the last episode, the other Captain Marvel who died and then gave. Oh, do you mean Captain Marvel? Yes, that's right. Captain Mar-Vel. But Rather also, than Captain Marvel. Yeah, but also she didn't used to exist. But then Captain Marvel's son, who was also genetically engineered, went into the future and he fought an evil version of himself and reset time and made her exist. Because comics. Yeah. And then she died. And then she came back. And then she died again. And then another version of her from a parallel universe came over. And now I think she's still just running around. Is this Marvel's version of tub thumping? Basically, yeah, she gets knocked down and she comes back up again. <laughs> so, I suppose then we ought to think about rating and ranking. Indeed we should. So, this will Is be... It... 
Coitons for the history of violence. Ooh, ooh, exciting. Well, I think as much as, you know, I will mention that our number 52 on the list is Spawn for films. I think, I think it's... In. I think I think the worst, the worst, the best that's going to happen to Spawn is it's going to become the new Fifty Three. Yes, I, I think <laughs> the bottom <laughs> of the list don't need to get too excited. <laughs> so I'm going to run through the top. I'm going to say thirteen for films, which will make sense. So at number one, we've got History of Violence. Number two, we've got Voter Petition. Number three, we've got Superman. Number four, we've got Hellboy. Number five, we've got The Suicide Squad. Number six, we've got Black Widow. Number seven, we've got Batman 89. Number eight, we've got Sin City. Number nine, we've got Deadpool. Number 10, we've got Men in Black. Number 11, we've got Danger Diabolic. Number 12, we've got Thor Love and Thunder. And crucially, number 13, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Hmm. So I think to start with, I would put Volume 3 above Volume 1. I would, yes. I'm going to be controversial here. Ooh. Ooh. Only controversial because I know it would annoy you immensely. And I think... I would put this as the best of our James Gunn entries. See, I I would personally put the Suicide Squad above this, which as has been brought up on the show is a point of contention. Contention is a point of contention between the two of us, but. I, I am willing to concede because, I mean, they're both James Gunn films. Yes. They're both James Gunn films. They're both, they're both Jennifer Holland films. Yes. <laughs> I think also the question, Mick... They've both got Nathan Fillion. <laughs> they're the same film. Oh, my God. Should we just put both of them at number five, then? <laughs> oh, also, Mick, would you say this is your favourite sci-fi film in which the big third act fight scene is set to a Beastie Boys song. Almost certainly, yes. Ah, take that, Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's face it, Star Trek Beyond is no one's favourite film. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all right, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put it as like... It's not even anybody's favourite Kelvin timeline Star Trek film. I mean, neither is Into Darkness. No, which leaves Star Trek. Yeah, the good one. <laughs> yes. And then I would say Beyond is the all right one. <laughs> oh, also, you know what? I just remembered. What? The trailer for The Marvels came out not that long ago, and it had Intergalactic on it as the soundtrack. Which, boy, <laughs> Beastie Boys must be, like, raking it in recently. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Although I... One of, one of the things I feel very sorry for is that the cramps aren't getting the same impact from Wednesday as Kate Bush got from Stranger Things because all the copies of Wednesday's dance routine 
are being done to that awful sped up version of a Lady Gaga track. Which doesn't make sense, TikTok. No. You should be banning those users, TikTok. Probably. I mean, I, I assume they've moved on by now. Probably. Anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, I'll allow it to go above the Suicide Squad. I feel like I would put it below Hellboy, though. Which, what number's Hellboy? Uh, number four, so it's just one above. Yeah, well, the Ominula fan uh, fascination is uh, well known to all of us. I mean, it's my Mignola fascination and my Del Toro fascination. Yeah. Was Pinocchio ever a comic? Huh. <laughs> it was probably a woodcut. <laughs> An engraving. <laughs> Available at a lipo shop near you. So anyway, yeah, I'd be happy to put... God, I was always going to say The Suicide Squad, but that's not the film we've been talking about. No. What is it the film we've been talking about? But yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I'd be happy to put that as our new number five. Yes, cool. Well, there we go. Except I'm not going to put it, I'm going to put Got Guthrie. Because who's got, got time for spelling? Yeah. Oh, they'll be using A's all over the place if you go through the full title. It's what I've called the episode, Got Go 3. Indeed. And, you know, it's the kind of snappy efficiency that people listen to this show for. Yes. That and the factual accuracy. That's right. Which is flawless. At all times. <laughs> Uh, we would just like to offer an apology. There was a factual inaccuracy in that last sentence. <laughs> but I think what is factually correct is that's probably about it from us. I think so. So if you'd like to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. And if you want to get in touch... Our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. Also, if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach you. you... No, no, I was doing so well. And reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I am Groot. So long and thanks for listening.